Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Thursday, December 21st, 2017, and this is The Ride. Hey everybody, I hope you're all doing well today. I am kind of excited about Christmas coming up. I'm not sure what you celebrate, but for me, we celebrate the birth of Christ at this time of year, and it's been a unique year for me, as many of you know. We've been through a lot of things, and um, and I'm sure you have too, but one thing I know is that God is faithful. He will get us through each of the things that we have to face, and when we come out the other side, we tend to be, I don't know what you would call it, more seasoned. I don't know, more mature, maybe. Sometimes it just feels like we're that that steak that's just got pounded into uh, tenderness. You know how some of those steaks, you just you pound it with that special mallet and it just kind of gets tenderized that way? However you want to look at it, I, I don't know if I want to consider that my life was pummeled this year. But, uh, but we still made it. Today I want to talk about something that's, I think it's very important. And I have a friend at work who reminded me of something very important. So we'll get into it today. And as you know, I'm a father with teenagers. And so I'm learning as I go. Aren't all parents doing that? And I've read books and listen to training and all these things and and yet I can still make mistakes and if you've listened to this podcast lately you'd know that I've touched on some subjects regarding teenagers especially boys now what I'll talk about today is probably equally valid for daughters as well as sons But I want to caution us parents. We are the ones who are supposedly more mature than our teenager. And like I said, I should know. (laughs) I, I should be mature. But when we get into... And and let me just... Let me just say. If you've ever watched sitcoms where you've got family dysfunction going on. And you know, that's what they highlight. That's what they promote pretty much all this dysfunction because hey it's funny and it sells ad time unfortunately we see that all too often and think well that's just how it's supposed to be it's not supposed to be that way and I'm going through life thinking it's not supposed to be that way that's not how Christ set up the family to be and yet even knowing that I get caught in emotional arguments and meanness coming out of my own mouth that shouldn't be there. And I think it's because we click into this emotional mode. So I had an argument with my son the other night and my rational mind is listening to his arguments and hearing irrationality 
So maybe parents, you can relate. Your kids are sometimes irrational. But you're the one who's supposed to be more mature. And I caught myself the other night really angry. Doing things that I thought I wouldn't do or say. Doing things that they highlight in this dysfunctional sitcom world. And I'm doing the very thing that I ridiculed as being not normal. And I'm sure I hurt my son deeper than physical hurt. And of course, he would, if, if he were asked about it later, he would probably blow it off and say, well, that was no, nothing, you know, I'm fine. You'd probably say it just like that, I'm fine. You know what that means. You're not fine. Something said to you, hit a nerve, and in fact, I know that that's the case because I was pushing the nerve because I was trying to expose the nerve because it was a nerve that he had that he didn't think he had and I was trying to expose it because I'm trying to be the psychologist or something. Well, maybe, you know... I'm trying to expose that nerve as the good surgeon I am and here I'm using very bad tools to, to get at that nerve and all I'm doing is creating havoc and creating a son who's going to want to protect that thing that, from me and then never let anyone in to help I hope you're following me so in my desire to help I might have hurt and we get caught up in emotion and we're emotionally driven into this angry mode and it doesn't take long for us to just be totally emotional and then all of a sudden the parent the mature supposedly mature one is right down in the irrational area So, this is what I'm thinking. There are some things that I'm going to learn from the situation I was in just the other day. I thought I would share them with you. I'm kind of thinking about them as I'm speaking to you. And Lord, I'm asking that you would help clarify what I'm about to say. So, first thing I can think of is part of what got me into the emotional, irrational argument phase of our talk was a totally hypocritical thing, which was I was pointing out my son's pridefulness, and he'd fight back with words, and he would fight back in in the ways that he would know how, so he would deflect and point things at me. You know, maybe I'm the prideful one. And then I would fight with words and point things back at him and say, no, 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 you you don't understand. You've got the issue here. And then what really that boils down to is a competition of prides. Whose pride is stronger? And I'm doing the very thing that I told him he was doing. And I'm kind of backed him into a corner He's like a wild animal, these teenagers. They can be. 
and you back them into a corner and they will fight. You try to back a raccoon into a corner, I hope you're prepared to bandage yourself up. I was backing him into a corner. He had nowhere to go and it's not a safe place to be. That's why the claws come out. It's not safe. I don't want to put my son or my daughter into a place that's not safe. And yet at the same time, I'm trying to help them mature and get to a point where they're able to deal with life because life is going to put you into a corner. And I, that's part of where my dilemma is. I'm trying to expose them to some reality because this generation has kind of been insulated a bit from some reality. And, you know, that's probably a lot of my fault, my wife's fault. Just this culture has allowed us to insulate our kids from some things. And here I'm trying to expose them to, you know, this is the way the real world works. And and if I'm pointing out issues in their character or their how they deal with things, maybe in a way that's not going to fly in the real world, I'm seeing that he's backed into a corner. And now he's being hateful with his speech toward me. I, anyone relate? <laughs> I really didn't think it would be like this. And I'm not going to say that it will always be like this if you've got children that haven't yet hit this age. I'm not I'm not declaring this is a done deal. But for me this challenge, this opportunity wasn't expected. And if it can happen to me, it can happen to you. I'm just trying to give you some heads up. So pride, be careful that we as the parent don't act and get emotionally prideful and 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 not let your teenager have a voice, especially if it's speaking against how, you know, what your behavior is. You know what, we aren't perfect either as parents. And they might have a unique perspective on your own personality that you never really considered because up until now they've just done whatever you said and and now as they become teenagers they're starting to be more independent they're pointing out some of your issues nobody has ever talked to you about you know they're the ones who see you at home they see you in all the glory of your flaws and sometimes that can be too much to take and we get prideful and we say no no you're not going to speak to me like that now it's true we need to hold to our guns when it comes to you know what type of speech is appropriate but remember things get into this weird weird mode when when someone feels like they're trapped into a corner all right so that's one thing the other thing is i'm well aware of certain aspects of the relationship between me and my son. And as the mature one, I could point certain things out where he's been wrong and missed it. And where he needs to correct his attitude and correct his vantage point about a certain issue and maybe adjust some priorities. But let's not forget 
you're the one who is the mature one or the more mature one supposedly and they're not so what that means is they are not going to be able to yet formulate an agreeable spirit with what you might be telling them they it might not be possible for them to see things your way because they're not to that level of maturity yet you know it's one thing for me at my job when i'm working with other people who are roughly the same age as me who have been through many of the things i've been through they understand we're we're coming at issues through the same lens but when it comes to your teenager their lens is different a generation different in fact and where you might believe you have seasoned intelligence seasoned by the years of going through stuff and making the correct decision and raising children and changing diapers and doing all what you do your teenager doesn't see it that way in fact I believe because I'm kind of remembering how it was for me your teenager might be looking at you as the one last barrier to their real freedom and truly there is a drive for that you've gone through it we've all gone through that and of course I as a parent I don't want my little boy to be quite that independent yet so there's that struggle there I do want him to mature into manhood I want it to be a gentle transformation you know I want him to be the man I've always wanted him to be and to be independent and stuff it's just that my view of things is different than his and he doesn't want to go through that transformation the way I want him to he wants to go through it the way he knows how to go through it what he doesn't understand is he doesn't know how he should go through it because he's never been through it is that making any sense so here we are almost imposing our will on a teenager and they got no idea what's going on especially a teen that I feel has leadership potential is very much a driven type A type they're the ones that are the kind that will change the world yes I believe my son will change the world and I think those are the ones that we probably have the most trouble with when they're in the teenage years because they they're ready to buck they're ready to go so reviewing the first one was make sure that we're not as parents operating in pride the second one is make sure that you're not backing your kid into a corner so much so that the emotional fight is the only place you can go and you're squashing yeah this is the other thing and you're squashing their opinion about things even if their opinion makes absolutely no rational sense this is something I've, I've really got to learn I can't expect them to be operating with a rational mind when they're not to the same level as an adult mind and in one argument evening I'm not going to change their thinking okay so then here's a third thing 
So I said some things that were hurtful. And I justified it because hurtful things were being said to me. And if I were to divorce all of those words and sayings that took place that night from the emotion of that night and then just looked at the transcript I wouldn't I wouldn't have believed I would have said some of the things I said in fact I, if you look at just the transcript you'd think that I was a very mean father and perhaps I was perhaps I was but my son was a really mean son and you know what? I have to be the mature one. I'm realizing that I'm not sure much was accomplished during that time that I thought I was going to try to change his mind about something. It's hard. You have to make sure that that hateful talk doesn't come out of their mouth because that's not to be accepted. Maybe a way to do it is to rephrase it and say, well, okay, that's what you're saying. Maybe what it is is that's what you're feeling like. But that thing you said about me wasn't, well, you know, that doesn't work either because what they're going to say are things that are fueled by feelings. Who hasn't heard this? I hate you. At times, that is what a parent might have to hear. It's not words that I want to permit. On the other hand, as the mature one, I have to realize that, well, that's maybe not what he's saying, or meaning, rather. But I hate how this situation and how you make me feel. It's up to us parents to decipher that and to put it in its proper place. I have hope when I think about the future for my situation and yours that it won't always be like this. But I think we as parents have a lot to do with whether or not it'll always be like this or not. Because if we continue to corner our kids and you will not talk to me like this you will do this you will get a better attitude all those you wills backs them up into the corner now we might have had that kind of thing from our parents and it's probably true that most of our parenting skills we've learned by watching our parents I, I don't want to say that we're not supposed to, as parents, set rules and guidelines that our kids are, you know, that, that we are so soft on the, on the lines that there are no lines. Um, we've already done that, I think, this, this generation of parents. We've already done that quite a bit. It might be part of the reason why we're where we're at now, but we are where we are right now we have to work with what we've got if the conversation is going nowhere fast and all it is is emotional heat 
I think we've you've gotten to the point where it's not really going to go anywhere. It's kind of like any of these political, uh, very polarizing uh, issues. You can argue all you want. All it does is further entrench each side. So what's that going to do? Now, lucky for us with teenagers, it's not really a matter of two sides that are completely opposed. You know, your will versus their will. I mean, those sides right now seem to be diametrically opposed. However, as they mature, and really as you mature as a parent, the will doesn't necessarily stay at 180 degrees at odds with one another, parent to child. It's simply that right now they're totally opposite because you're wanting to control them and they're not wanting to be controlled. But as you continue your lives, their desire to be not controlled becomes weakened because they're not being controlled. They are independent. They are living their life. And your need to control them has weakened because you do not need to control them any longer. So the wills is no longer a battle as much. Remember, our job is to bring up our kids and then give them over to the Lord. We need to trust our kids to the one who's taking care of us. You know, the one that our parents entrusted us to. So if you ever thought Rusty James had all the answers, well, obviously now you know I'm just like you. Next time I have a discussion with my son, I think what I'm going to do is uh, envision the transcript that's going on. Envision what's being said. And I can only control those things that I say. I can only have control over those things. And you can only control the things that you say. I guess maybe this might be the final thought. If the emotional tirade gets to the point where you're not liking what you're seeing in your transcript, I think that's the point at which you need to part company and pray for your teenager. Don't pray with them, I don't think. I think that at that point, I think that that almost could be detrimental in the sense that every time we have these arguments, Dad, and you and you try to do that prayer thing, it just makes me equate prayer with this mean guy that I don't want to have anything to do with that would be doing a disservice to God and to prayer itself. It's just one more thing where you've got, you're exerting your authority and your dominance in a situation. Uh, Yes, I believe that prayer answers a lot of things. In fact, I think prayer is the power that probably is the last resort for many people, but it should be the first one. But praying with a person who maybe isn't ready to accept it as valid or, you know, whatever, 
um, isn't going to do any good. So this is where you have to say, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm not going to exert my dominance over the situation because that's, that's what the fight is. That's what the fight is against. But if you're like me and believe that prayer does solve issues, then uh, it's time to call that discussion or argument finished. And then, and then you go off and you pray. It's apparent that we can't solve it with, with our own wisdom and words at times. And God has already seen the end before we have. Ultimately, when I step back from the situation, I don't want to break the spirit of my child. I know you don't want to either. Those things that we've celebrated as their unique traits, all the years, all the years we've had them, those things that separate them from the pack might be the thing that is causing the issue with you and them right now. And I don't know, time time helps. I know that my son learns from me, but typically not when we're in the argument mode, but more when we're just living life. So if you want to instill wisdom and maturity in your teen, you need to make sure that you are spending some of this time when you're not at odds, but spending some of that time together. How do you do that? In this day and age, it's sometimes really tough. I mean, they've got things going on. And we might not see them as much as we used to. Which reminds me, for those who have kids in middle school, and before they have all the activities that would pull them away from you, take those times when they're not, when the fight isn't so strong, and put things into them. Things on how they can think about certain confrontations they'll face in life and how to deal with them. Give them difficult things but things that they can still handle when they're younger so that they learn how to figure things out don't protect them from too much i think we've wanted to do that so bad protect our kids protect our kids that they don't know what they don't know how to deal with certain things in life but even even though you do all that there will be a day in their teenage years that they may have a independent streak that is more than you think you want to let them have and that's that's where we are today in my family but I'm believing that the wills will not be so at odds and that the things that I've put into my kids early on will still be remembered and as they get through this phase this phase we're in that they will continue to look to God for their strength, for their wisdom, and ultimately for the, the will that they are to follow in their life, God's will. One final note, I guess there might be a number five here. You're still the parent. You still make the rules. And down deep, I think they know that's true. What you need to make sure you're doing is establishing a consistency. Because if you, if you waver on what you've said or what is required of your teen, 
it's not a good feeling. It's actually, it's better that they know what to expect, you know, that this is what is required of them, or else there is a clear, clear disciplinary situation, whatever that is. It needs to be made clear. You need to make sure you're being very clear. An example, my son uh, needs to uh, be increasing his activity after a, a surgery he had. And it's more fun for him to just video game all day long right now. And that's just not going to help him. And so that's part that's part of our little conflict is that he needs to do something that's going to help his physical self. And he would rather not. Well, this is the rule. The rule is one hour of that physical activity a day. That's the rule. We established it this week. A physical activity could simply be walking or it could be working out. Whatever it is, he's got to be doing it. One hour. You'd think it wouldn't be a big deal, right? Because he can play one hour of video games and not even think about it. But working out for one hour, that's that's a struggle. Well, yesterday I, I get home and and it's getting near the end of the day and he's he knows he's got to do one hour worth of activity and he hasn't done it yet. And it's getting late and I say to him, "Hey, have you done your one hour activity today?" And he said, "No." And he assumed that because of some other physical therapy he had that that changes something and I clarified no 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 you know what the rule is and I even was clear when I put the rule down that no matter what even if there's physical therapy or not he's still going to be doing an hour and I reminded him that I was very clear with that now it was getting really late at this point and I almost didn't want him to have to do it then because he should be getting to bed and so I told him look this is this is what the requirement is and he said but it's this late and I said okay well this is what I'll do you can you don't have to do it right now but you have to do two hours tomorrow because in my mind I'm thinking he's made the decision to not do what he knew he needed to do so he doesn't get off the hook just because it's late so I'm holding to what we had agreed on do I, do I feel bad that he has to work out two hours? Not really. When I think about the fact that if he wasn't doing that, he would be gaming that whole time and not getting the physical activity, and he needs the physical activity. So do I feel bad? No, I don't. Do I feel bad that he had to learn the lesson the hard way? Actually, no, I don't. I'm actually glad that he got to learn the hard way. Because in the future, he may remember this. And we didn't have an, a big argument about it. I was simply declaring what the rule was. And we were not arguing. It was just, it was, it was good. So with that, I wanna, I'd like to pray for, for your kids, for my kid. So let's do it. Lord God Almighty, you've created us in your image. And you are long-suffering 
and you are wise, and you are gracious, and you are kind. Lord, help us to be all these things when we deal with our kids. Help us to use what your word tells us to do when we're raising our kids. Help us to be clear with what's expected. Help us to be not operating in pride. Help us to use words that don't demean our children, but lift them up. And help us to be strong and establish the proper guidelines. Oh yes, Lord, and help us to be good examples of following guidelines so our kids will do it because they have examples of it and not just because the parents tell them to. Help us to be good examples. I pray for our kids that they don't feel like they're ever in a corner. I'm asking, Lord, that they will feel safe in in our homes so that they feel like they can come to us with any question that they have, that they will not be looked down upon, but that they will be raised up by those who want the best for them. Lord, I want the best for my kids. I want to not be a hindrance to my kids maturing. I think we all want that, those of us who are raising the next generation. Help us to be like you, Jesus. And I look forward to the day, Lord, when our kids are mature, making good decisions because we stuck it through and we were the right type of parents, the ones that established the proper boundaries, but also operated in a level of grace because we weren't threatened. Help us do this day by day, Lord. I know that you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know if that has helped you at all today. I feel like I just had to get it off my chest, so maybe it was all for me. But I'm sure that there are those who needed to hear this. So if you have friends who have teens that are going through a situation like this or parents who are going through a situation like this, be sure to let them know about this podcast. And remember, stay in that word. Live in peace. Pray for those who persecute you. And at the end of the day, your teens are going to become young adults and be parents themselves someday. I have a great hope for the next generation. I have a great hope for your relationship with your kids. I have a great hope for the relationship with mine. And no matter what the enemy would want to do to break up families, there is one thing that ain't going to happen in mine. My family is not going to get broken up because the love of God is there and the love of God is in your family. If we're operating in it, believe that good things will happen. And I will see you on the flip.